Welcome back to Point of View. It's our Cybersecurity Week thanks to High Point Networks. And joining us now in studio, the CEO of High Point Networks, Mr. Tom McDougall. Um, thanks so much for sponsoring the Cybersecurity Week. I think it's so important for the business owners, the people out there watching to help them understand what's really happening here. So with that being said, for the business owners out there that are going, hey, Tom runs a business, I run a business, what can I be doing to create a, a culture around cybersecurity? What do you suggest? Man, there's a, that's a loaded question. There's a couple of things that I would, I would suggest right off the bat, and I'm, on one of them, I'm going to just use my own mistake as, as uh, a catalyst. Uh, one of them is if you're serious about cybersecurity uh, and you have a team of people that's helping you create a more secure cyber environment for yourself, and they come to you as a business owner and they say, I need these resources and you agree with the resources. And, and all of a sudden you realize it's taking yourself more time to get logged into things and, it's, and everything seems to be a little bit more painful because now we're having to check different email systems or, or whatever the case is, we've got to multi-factor authenticate to get into our own systems. And all of those things are a little bit painful. Here's what I can tell you from experience of my own. If you don't embrace that, nobody else is going to. Mm. They're going to basically, well, Tom doesn't do it. Why should we? Great point. And they're right. So get all on board with that. And then the, the second thing that I would say is be open to, this is one of the things we're going to talk about quite a bit, but be open to having some outside eyes. We do. We've had outside eyes take a look at our own stuff. Why? Because sometimes you're just too close to the window. You, you can't see something when you're too close to it. Um, so, and that's the reason why what we normally suggest, it, it would be very impossible for us to even have an initial phone call with somebody that says, uh, we think you should do this. We have no idea what you should do. We're into, we're into doing things like assessments. We would much rather come in and do an assessment of the situation, and that includes people, systems, and whatever, and figure out where do we provide value. Do you need, do, is there any help you need, or do you just need some tweaks here and there? And, and I know that that's scary because it would be for me as well, where now I, as the business owner, I'm going to have somebody come in and potentially uh, step on toes of somebody that's on my team that's tasked with doing this. And what I've learned is that even my team loves it when they get a chance to talk to somebody else who sees things from a different point of view. So we would like to be involved with an assessment. If, if, if you so choose, we would be very interested in helping you kind of change the culture of security. We do that through different training programs. We do uh, uh, several different things that we can do that Lynn and Dean, once we get further into the program, can talk about. But don't let fear of somebody's toes being stepped on stop you from being diligent. I guess it's probably the simplest way that I can say that. Well, I think the nice thing too is you have this assessment, so it helps everybody be on the same page, but okay, it's sort of like a football team for lack of a better analogy, but you know, I'm not gonna go out and block, but I can throw the rock, right? So talk about this, this assessment. So people, if you want to, you can go to highpointnetworks.com forward slash security, again, highpointnetworks.com forward slash security. You can sign up there, but walk people through, if you will, we just got a few minutes here, but how does this consultation work? So what happens is we schedule a couple of days. It's normally gonna be two half days, actually, where we have two or uh, usually two engineers, cyber cybersecurity engineers, come over and just meet with your teams. And we're gonna talk about what are your systems, what's your inventory, what, tell us about your people inventory, tell us about how, how, tell us how you feel like you are from a cyber hygiene perspective. Tell us what you know is wrong. I mean, frankly, you already know some of the things that are wrong or you wouldn't have been calling us in the first place. 
Let's get those things out of the way. And then from a deliverable perspective, you're gonna end up with a full report from us. We're kind of lay it out. Here's the way we see it based on the information we've gotten from you. Here's the top priorities. Here's the things we really ought to attack. I mean, we should probably just attack them now before we even talk. And then, you know, here's the rest of the list as we, as we go down it. Here's the things we need to deal with, we, we suggest dealing with in the first quarter. Here's the things we suggest, you know, they're, they're hot topics, but probably not necessarily needing to be communicated today. Um, and we'll just help you through that. And from there, quite honestly, we have some clients who prefer to do all those things on their own and some that say, can you help us? And we can do either way. So what's, I just go to the website, sign up, and then someone contacts me and set it up? Or? Yeah, so, so I apologize. I shouldn't say, yeah, that's a bad word to say on TV. So we'll say, yes, you can go to the website and, and get some information. But what we recommend is go ahead and just uh, fill out that form. Somebody will get a hold of you. Or if you know somebody at High Point Networks, give them a call. I do want you to know that we don't do this. This isn't a free service. We, we've, we've kind of gone down that road before, and quite honestly, what we find is that now we, we end up with this captive um, challenge where now all of a sudden the person you've paid to do the assessments doing the, the cleanup, and I'm not sure that works really well. So we'd prefer to kind of stay out of that. So there is a charge for that. Um, I think you'll find it to be a whole lot less expensive than a ransomware attack. As a matter of fact, done properly, I think that, and, and documented properly, I think we can probably save you some money on your cybersecurity policies as well. Talk more about that, please. What do you mean, saving money where? Well, it's kind of like if you owned a restaurant and you had all of the super high-end fire extinguisher equipment, you would get a discount on your insurance, right? Well, if you own a company, you have a cyber risk. I don't know what that is. It depends. It's different on each company, but you, you, we, as business owners, we should be paying for cyber risk insurance. And frankly, if you've had a really nice cleanup and can document all of the things that are really important to the cyber uh, insurance world, you should be able to demand a discount. We've seen that happen in almost every case. I got about 60 seconds left. Anything else you want to add or share with our audience? You know, don't be scared of, don't be scared of cyber security. It can be really complicated. It can be a little bit painful, but the more time you spend on taking care of yourself. It's like in the morning when you take a shower and, and everything feels better. That's kind of the same way it is with security. If you let yourself go for several days, there, there's lots of things that can be happening that you're just not seeing. Just stay diligent. Don't let it scare you. Enjoy the, the world you're in and be productive, but get some help if you need it. That's what I would say. I think one of the big things I've learned from communicating with you is that it's a process. It's not a overnight, hey, come on in, see this. and we're done now, we don't have to pay attention to that, but it's something that's ongoing, yes? That is 100% true with our entire business. We, so a lot of times people look at us and they think, well, they're just out trying to sell stuff. Well, to us, sales, sales is an event. We have events that happen, but the bigger picture is those events are all part of a process. We're more interested in the process, quite honestly, than we are in the event. And solving the problem. That's right. the one thing I've really appreciated about your organization. It's about solving problems. Um, thank you. Great insight. We really, really appreciate it very, very much. Tonight and this week, we're going to focus on cybersecurity, what you, your organization can be doing to protect yourself, because right now it is just such an imminent threat, not just for our entire country, but really right here in our community. I'm going to give you some examples tonight, but one, I'm sure many of us remember the situation with the Colonial Pipeline. That was an attack, obviously, on our, on our energy system. Um, in fact, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, was on an interview recently talking about that attack and said, hey, if this is a state actor, we need to treat this as an act of war and respond in kind. 
Very, very powerful words. I'm sure many of you remember then the attack on JBS. That's our meat, our food industry right there as well. And then recently, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, he was in a Senate banking uh, committee hearing. He basically was asked from a senator, hey, what keeps you up at night? I want to share with you a little bit of this exchange. Thank you, Chairman Powell, for your service and your testimony today. Obviously, over the last 18 months, the COVID-19 pandemic has been uh, the most significant shock to our economy and the financial system. But stepping back, what do you assess to be the most significant systemic threats to financial stability over the medium term, uh, either limited to the U.S. or globally? I'd have to say that the, uh, the thing that worries me the most about it is really cyber risk. Um, you know, it's, it's a constant uh, concern, and we, you know, we spend lots of time and resources on it, so does the private sector, but that's the one where we have a playbook for, you know, for bad lending and bad risk management. We have a lot of capital in the system, but, you know, the, the cyber, as you see with the, with the ransomware issues now, it's just an ongoing uh, uh, race, really, to keep up, and uh, we, we haven't had to face a significant cyber event from a financial stability standpoint, and I hope we don't, but that's, that's the, the, the thing I, I, I worry the most about. So that's the chairman of the Federal Reserve asked, hey, what keeps you up at night in regards to our financial system and its security? He says the cyber aspect is what I'm most concerned about. A few months ago also, I did a Facebook Live video in regards to Governor Bergen putting some people in a room talking about the people's liberation of China attacking our systems here in North Dakota. Then just recently, Governor Bergen had his Innovation Education Summit. I want to share with you a little bit about what he said there as well. These are state-sponsored attacks coming from places like North Korea, from Russia, from China. And if you think I'm making that up or that's some kind of conspiracy theory, please learn more. Because today, war is actually cyber war, and we are under attack. There's that word war coming up again. Within that piece they talked about right now in North Dakota, we've seen actually about a 1,200% increase in cyber attacks not just at home, but on our school systems and different government entities. So we'll be talking about that this week as well. And then recently brought to my attention as an article in regards to, and this was shocking folks, when you think about all these ransomware attacks, North Dakota actually pays out the most per 100,000 citizens in the entire country. So we're paying out more in the state of North Dakota per 100,000 citizens for these ransomware attacks than any other state. My point is, folks, as we hear about these things happening, you know, in Colonial Pipeline, JBS, it's also happening right here in our backyard. That's why we feel like this conversation is so important. So to educate us about this and realize what we can be doing to protect ourselves and organizations, tonight we've got the CEO of High Point Networks, Mr. Tom McDougall. Mr. McDougall, it's great to have you in studio for this very, very important conversation. Thank you, Chris. So I guess I want to start with, I mean, you know, I, I look at those clips. I don't live in this world like you do. That takes my breath away hearing that from Jerome Powell, our governor, North Dakota. What's your reaction? I'm right in alignment with both of them, and we hear those types of clips from just about every industry. Um, you can mitigate things like, uh, you, you know, staffing issues or uh, rental, rent issues or things like that. But when you, get, when you start battling an unknown actor in the cyber world, it becomes very, very challenging. And those are, those are really big risks. So the thing that jumped out to me from Governor Bergen was that these are state actors. And I remember the day he had, you know, a group of tech people with him and he talked about the people's liberation of China. And you're thinking, yeah, we're just little North Dakota. Like, what, what's their objective? What are they going after? You know, the funny part is, Chris, we've been asking ourselves that question in the cyber world for, I don't know, a dozen years. What is their, what is their end game? We don't know. 
But what we do know is through uh, things like Facebook and TikTok and you know different social mediums and uh, phishing emails and all the different things that are going on out there, we know that someone for some reason is collecting information that they, in theory, I guess, have some intention of using in some way. We don't know what that is. Maybe there's people out there smarter than me that do know that answer, but I, we've not been told. We don't know what they're planning to use it for. So there are conversations though, but sometimes they'll get, take this information. I guess a couple things is what information are they most specifically or often going after? And then are they going out on what's called a dark web and, and selling that? And then I, I'm not a great tech person, so if you can kind of take this very basic, that would be good. Well, I think there's two different types of of, uh, of there's two different types or two different groups, if you will, two different types of groups of people. I guess I don't know the best way to say it that are out there. There certainly are. We, we've seen evidence of call them bad guys, people who are just out there. They want information. They're going to use it to collect money. They're probably going to use it with Bitcoin. That's how they're going to collect. And they use these ransomware tactics or uh, release information on the dark web type of tactics. Uh, to in order to make money, bottom line. They're good at it, they pride themselves in it. What we've been learning is that if they tell you they have your information, they probably do because they're very prideful people. They, are, they, want, to, they want to win at all costs and they don't want their peers to think of them poorly. So they wanna, they, they're just like any other industry, I guess, but uh, we just don't happen to agree with their tactics. So those folks, that particular group of people is looking for information uh, for, uh, in, a, in a methodology for which they can make money. Then we talk about dark web. I'll give you a really simple one. Uh, for those people who are far smarter than me, you apparently there is a way to go to the dark web and find out if, for example, your social security number has been compromised, your credit card numbers have been compromised. And what they do, what I've been told, is they'll sell blocks of these things for some amount of money and whoever buys them, uh, maybe they got a one in a hundred thousand shot of one of them being any good to, to turn, it, turn it into some kind of cash. The state actor stuff, that's totally different and that's where you're you know, we've got three-letter agencies all around the world who are trying to figure out that stuff. All we're trying to do is our very best to make sure people stay protected and can go about their lives and be productive rather than having to worry about what, what is, you know, what is China, what is Iran, what is Russia want with my, with my data. You've been in this business now for how long? I've been in this business for about 30 years. I've been started out. Uh, in a small company, worked my, did, apparently did a good job, ended up working for a larger company, didn't like that so much. <laughs> apparently was doing a good job there, they wanted to move me around, I didn't want to. I worked for another company for about 10 years, uh, building a, a branch in Fargo, and then in 2003 we started High Point Networks. Um, I don't want to get too far off the, the path because I want to stay focused on this, but yep. just for people to get to know you a little bit, talk, talk about why, why you stay in tech versus your real point of view on it. Yeah, I. Uh, Anybody who's been around me for any length of time whatsoever <laughs> knows that I'm not a tech guy. I, I don't really even like tech. I, I, I mean, I like the people in tech. I like what we do in tech. But when I was in high school and college, I literally would tell people I want nothing to do with technology. I also didn't want anything to do with sales. That was the two <laughs> things I didn't want to do. So it makes sense that my first job where I actually had to feed somebody like my wife was selling computers. <laughs> but, you know, you get into this world and, and, and 
There are people, like you're going to hear from some folks that are on my team that are wizards in the world of tech and cyber. That's not really me. I'm more of the, let's talk about how this impacts us from a daily basis perspective. How can we use technology to improve our lives without it controlling us? And so if you get underneath of the covers of who High Point really is today, that's what it is. It's we, we help people buy and use technology in such a way that they can improve their processes, improve their lives. But we also do it in such a way that, it, toward the best of our ability, where it doesn't control them. If you can, speak to the fact that there's people at home right now watching, we have a lot of business owners that watch this show, but also yep. there's employees for those businesses or you know, solopreneurs yep. or whatnot. Yep. And a lot of people working from home these days. When I hear state actors, ransomware, selling information on the dark web, how concerned should they be? What can they be doing to protect themselves? Well, as a business owner, one of the things you really want to do, there, there's lots of good technology that allows people to work from home in a safe way. Just make sure that you're working with somebody that's helping you through that process. Um, I, for one, out of maybe, maybe I'm the only person out here, but I don't like to spend money where I don't need to spend it. So when somebody comes to me and they say, hey, Tom, we need to do, we need to spend this amount of money on this service in order to do this. I'm like, well, why can't, don't we have another way to do that? And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. Which is why I so appreciate the team that we've got at High Point because they'll actually help me analyze that and say, okay, you have these resources. If we redeploy these, that solves the issue that we were looking at. But if we don't have those resources, we need to figure out how to get them. And so as they go out and they're talking to people in the community, they're talking about the same things. What are the reasons? Let's evaluate what you have. Let's figure out a plan. Can we use what you have? Do we need to make some tweaks to this? So now let's take the question back around to working from home. If, if, if a company like us, we were prepared to do this because we have people working from home all the time. So we had the security measures in place. We had things called virtual private networking in place. We had endpoint protection. And these are all terms that these guys know the answers <laughs> to. I don't, I don't know what they really do, to be honest with you. But we had all those things in place, so for us to go home and work was pretty easy, because all of the same systems that we would use at our desk worked at home. Some people didn't have that luxury, so we, we've had to work with them over time to make sure that they have some of those same protections, because the worst thing that can happen is you have this, this unprotected laptop being used by somebody working from home yes. because they think it's the greatest thing on earth. They should be able to work from home, and they should, but it's unprotected, and the next thing they know, the next time that laptop contacts the, the, the home base, if you will, wherever that is, the server, whatever, now something gets transferred that nobody knew about, a ransomware thing, and that's how these things kick off. Wow, so much to discuss. So real quickly, though, you guys do offer a consultation What's the website for that? How can people go and, and contact you and get some more information? Yeah, we, we actually do. We, we, don't, we, we always start out with something we call a, a, an assessment, a security assessment. And you can learn a lot about that just right off our website at www.highpointnetworks.com security. And, and you, you'll be able to download a couple of things, get in contact with some folks. Uh, and we don't want anything on there to scare you. Sometimes it will scare you because there's just so many things. But yeah. it's designed to help people walk through this process of figuring out where am I today and where do I want to be and who do I have help us get there. And that's the nice part. You can get ancillary people to come from High Point Networks, help you obviously organize the situation in regards to cybersecurity.